Hey everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church. And what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. What a journey we have been on over the past six weeks. Um, at the beginning of the year, well, no, that was the beginning of the year was uh, my conversation. What, what are you wearing this morning? Anybody, anybody feeling that? Anybody remember that conversation together? No? Okay, cool. You need to go back and listen to that again then too. <laughs> um, at the beginning of the year though, we, we jumped into this conversation that, uh, of starting point that everything in life Everything in life has a starting point. And I was thinking back to week one, I was actually, I was a, I was a balcony sitter that week. Yeah, balcony, what up? Hey guys, yo, 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 yo. Um, I, was, I was up there, I remember Pastor Gene said that everything from our relationships to our faith has a starting point. And for some of us, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, our faith in, in him, Maybe started when we were kids. If you were bold enough, I, I wasn't going to do this, but if you're bold enough, when did, does anybody hear their faith start, their relationship with Jesus start when they were young? Anybody? Anybody? Maybe, oh, come on. Raise them high and proud. Yeah, there you go. For some of us, that happened. Like, maybe mom and dad came to you and said, hey, little Johnny, here is what we believe. This is what we believe. And you're like, yep, yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, awesome. Or maybe you were one that went off to church camp. Any church camp people growing up? Yeah, 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 awesome, yeah. Went off to church camp and you had this encounter with Jesus and it has now propelled you to today. See, here's why we started this conversation. If you might just be catching up online right now out of nowhere, here's why we started this conversation on starting point. For many of us, once we became an adult, there became this gap between what you were taught when you were young and what you are experiencing now as an adult. Not to say like uh, what your mama or your youth pastor or your dad said was wrong, but what you're seeing in the world sometimes doesn't match up with what you were told when you were young. And so there's this gap, am I right? And that's why we started this series, to ask the question, what if we were to wipe the slate clean? Not to say that mom and dad were wrong or youth pastor was wrong, but what would it look like to hit the restart button on our faith? What would it look like to start over in our faith as an adult? So if you missed any of the weeks before, I'm gonna encourage you, especially those online right now, make a, uh, pull out your iPhone and put a reminder on your phone right now. You in the house as well. If you missed any of the past six weeks together, put a reminder on your phone and go catch up, maybe on a drive to work this week or on your commute. Go back and listen to any one of the previous six weeks. Because what this series has proven, we are, are all on a journey and if not all of us, we are all at different points along this journey. Yo, I'm going to be 35 tomorrow. That is, whew. I know, I know. I look good. I can't tell you. I don't know what it is. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but this morning, we're going to hit this word that is central to this conversation. Over the last couple of weeks, we kind of skirted around uh, this whole idea of faith. And that's what we're coming to this morning. We're going to talk about that word, faith. Say it with me. Faith, right? One more time. Say it loud and proud. Faith. We're going to talk about faith this morning. And I think it needs to be said from the outset that everyone, every one of us has elements 
of faith in their life. And I'm not just talking about spiritual faith as well. Like, in fact, we use faith all the time. It's a very active part of our life. This idea of trust and belief like from people jumping on airplanes and having faith that they will arrive at their destination all good and, and <laughs> have faith that you actually get your luggage, am I right? Or maybe there's faith like me being pulled tubing by my buddy Andy, his wife is in the second row right here, she knows, like being pulled by my buddy Andy while tubing, hoping and having faith that I am not gonna lose, not necessarily my swim trunks, but my contacts in my eyes because that dude is wild at pulling somebody tubing. A lot of faith, a lot of trust goes into that, but faith, faith is this action that affects our daily life. And I wanna set the record straight. We're gonna go into what faith is here in just a second, but let me tell you some things that is not. So if you're taking notes this morning, write this down. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith isn't this force or power that if you tap into it, then all oh, you like, look out, you're gonna be the next millionaire. Oftentimes we're told to be people of faith. We're told to have faith that if you would just believe, if you would just believe, you know what's coming, right? Here we go, help me out. Don't stop believing. Yeah, there we go, right? Yes. Faith, don't stop believing. The Faith, you gotta have faith. And faith is not a power. Second, faith is it's not a formula. It's not something that we figure out. It's not something that, like God's not up there with the code and just be like, oh, I'm gonna beam down the code to you and then you input the code and then all of a sudden, all this stuff starts happening and God is proven trustworthy and faithful. It's not it at all. It's not about something that you achieve or if you say things a certain way or if you if you're one of those that actually raise your hands during worship, but then you have faith. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. This is where we're gonna spend the majority of our time. These words in, in Hebrews was written by someone who was writing specifically to, to the Jewish people in the first century. This document, the book of Hebrews, is... is um, is written not just as, as uh, historical evidence or anything like that, but it is really to be uh, received as a long sermon. And the first century Christians found this book to be so valuable that at the time they, 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 they received it and they ended up copying it over and over again and began distributing it to those around them. And it eventually then made its way into what now we call the, the New Testament. And the writer of this, he, he wants to reach out to this Jewish community who had put their faith, their trust in Jesus. But they were, they were soon being persecuted for what they were believed in. The, and you know how it is when you become persecuted. You're like, oh, heck with this. I want to go back to the old way. Right? And so that's where we find ourselves. And my goal this morning is to think about the question, what happens when I believe? What happens when I put my trust in God? Let's set up chapter 11 by first going to, we're gonna go back to chapter 10, starting in verse 35. So do, you, do you have your Bibles with you this morning? Yeah. All right, cool, one person, great. We're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna like do an Amazon link and just put like quantity of Bibles, and if you want in on it, text me at 5745. No, I'm kidding, okay. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 35. 
So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and not delay. And by my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one that shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now that brings us now to a little bit of context for what we will uh, essentially be referencing over the next couple of moments together. Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse one, says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance for what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. Verse five, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life and did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. It was like, boop, you're gone. Okay, anyways. But for some, he was, he was taken and he was commended as one who pleased God. Finally, verse six. And with faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must number one, believe that he exists, and number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hey, I'm gonna pray right now, if you could. I, I know you're, we're, we're a house of prayer, and if you could, I have, a, I have a massive headache right now. So as I pray, would you pray for me that this, I know you're praying people, and just partner with me right now, and uh, I need this headache gone, like stat. So if you could, God, we just come to you this morning. God, as we open up your truth and your word, may you speak to us, may it come alive to us. As, as I'm about to say, Lord, your, 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 your word is, is active, it's, it's alive. And so God, we wanna, we wanna tap into your truth this morning, God. Reveal to us what you have, what, where you see us, God. May you reveal to us your promises that you have laid since the beginning of the, of the world, Lord, and, and we give it all to your name. And you, we pray, amen, amen, amen. Hey, one of the things that um, I personally don't enjoy in life is going to the grocery store. Anybody wanna jump in that boat with me? Yep, okay, cool, we're, we're, we're quite there together. I'm not a big fan of going to the grocery store unless it starts with the letter Costco. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have since renamed Costco as the Holy Land, but let's leave that for another sermon another day. See, when I go to the grocery store, other than Costco, I get a little bit overwhelmed. I guess it's, it's the people, it's the aisles, and it's all of the options that are in front of me. I get a little bit overwhelmed by it. I'm here to tell you that, yes, I am a weak man to it. I get way too much which you would say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And get this, I'm a sucker for brand named items. Anybody? Mm-hmm, yeah. But let me, let me share with you and, and see if you have done this. Have you ever come home from the grocery store, you open the trunk with your, all your stuff, and you find yourself in this dilemma? Here's the dilemma. There's a mission that you now have over yourself to bring the groceries into the kitchen in the least amount of trips possible. Can I get a witness? Yes. 
I don't know if it's true for you, but it doesn't matter if there are two bags or 22 bags. I am wired to say, I got this. I got this. And so, hey babe, come to the garage. Load me up. Throw them on my back. Put, put two bags for every finger. No, 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 okay, that, that one right, put it in my mouth. I'm, I'm gonna carry it. And then, and all of a sudden, here I come. I walk through the garage door into the kitchen like a champ. And I throw them down on the ground and, all right, babes. I've done it. I did it. Bags are absolutely everywhere. Probably the milk is spilling at this, at, at, at this point and the English cucumber that I got is now rolling across the floor. Anybody been there? English cucumbers, that's where it's at, y'all. But I got it all in one trip because God forbid I have to go back out to the car and get the three more bags that are still there. No, I gotta do it all in one trip. And I think a lot of us treat faith how we treat the groceries, or how I treat the groceries. We're, we're talking about faith. We're talking about trusting God. And now when you hear that word faith, I'm, I'm sure you, I, I, I can imagine all your thoughts, the feelings, the concepts, maybe the old sermons that you've heard on faith. And believe me, I understand that we can't just roll into this conversation and think everybody is cool with that word. So I wanna be careful this morning, but if it's okay, I'm gonna generalize the concept of faith to how you, or let's just say I, I'll just take the blame on it, how I treat the groceries. Here's what I mean. We think real believers who have real faith in life can carry it how I carry all the groceries in one trip. Real believers can hold on to God. I think we go week by week, if not day by day, like getting those groceries to the kitchen all in one trip. We think this concept is faith, like, okay, all right, come on, a new week, here we go, here we go. God, I, I, I trust you, I'm trusting in you. Oh God, this is so hard, but I know I can do it here. I'm just holding on. All right, oh, oh, the week's over. I made it. Then we go back to church, back to Sunday, back to worshiping, lifting our hands, and the new week comes, and we're like, all right, Lord, here I go again. Oh, Lord, this is hard. I don't understand. My five senses are telling me, God, this, is, this doesn't make sense, and here I am. You seem like a million miles away. Oh, all right, I did it again. And we treat faith like we gotta hold on to God, like we have to have a grip on to God. If you've been around church for, for a little while, you might have heard messages like this. We hear that word faith and we think, try harder, hold on, do more, read your Bibles. Say a prayer to God, sing in your car, stop cussing as much. <sighs> you see, faith 
He's easily and cheaply told to us that it's something that we hold on to. And whether we're aware of this or not, we, some of us still function like this. Some of us come to gatherings like this and we say, hey, brother, how you doing? How, how, how you doing? How you, how you doing? I've literally said, oh man, just holding on, brother. Just holding on to faith. How, how, how you doing? Oh, 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 you let go of God this week, didn't you? Ah, yeah, you, you better hold on to God. You better come back to him right now. You better say you're sorry, and you're like, okay, oh God, I'm so sorry. Yep, that sounds like, that sounds like getting a hold of God right now. Yep, you keep going, come on. Nope, you're, you're good now. Yep, you, I, I think you got a grip on God again. Sometimes gatherings look like that. Maybe it's not that dramatic. But can I tell you, help me out here, faith isn't meant to be this mental ascent. We're not advocating around here to do things under your own strength or it's about your performance or your ability. Let me tell you, church, that is religion. We are not after a religious mindset. What we are after is a relationship with God. And our goal behind this is to actually want your faith to impact your everyday. I thought that was good, you can say amen, but if you don't think that's good, <laughs> your careers, your schooling, students, your lunch table, your relationships, your parenting, your marriage, this face should make a difference on Tuesday at 9.15 a.m. So here we go. What is faith? It says in Hebrews chapter one, or sorry, chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I learned something new about faith this week. That word confidence in the Greek is hypostasis, which means faith is the substructure or the foundation. In other words, faith is the foundation whereby all of our hopes come to pass. See, without faith, there is no hope. We think faith, a lot of us think faith and hope are the same thing, but believe me, there's a, there's a difference between faith and hope. Hope says, hope is basically wanting something to be with no guarantee. Hope is, I hope I get a raise. Can I get a witness, anybody? If you didn't, you don't have enough faith. <laughs> High schoolers, Noah, you hope to get a date. You're an intern now, so I can, I can now bring you into my messages. <laughs> For me, I hope Notre Dame football will win a national championship, right? Hope says, I hope God can do that. Faith says, I'm living though as if he's already done it. Hope says, I hope God can call me out into the waters. Faith says, no, 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 I'm jumping out of this boat in the middle of the water, in the middle of a storm. Faith is audacious. Faith acts upon what it believes and what God is asking us is to establish our lives on an unshakable foundation of faith. See, if we build our lives on anything other than that foundation, it's only a matter of time until that foundation begins to crumble. Those online right now, I wanna to talk to you. Have you built your life on your own ability? Have you built your life on your own skill or your own performance or, or things that make sense 
fence around you and now you begin to see your life beginning to, to have cracks in the foundation. It begins to crumble. See, faith is developed. Faith happens, church, when hope so becomes confident something will be so. Let me say that again. Faith happens when hope so becomes confident that something will be so. Faith becomes a reality when hope so moves into confidence that something will be so. But what has to happen inside of us or around us for something we hope will happen will absolutely bring confidence that it will absolutely happen to us? Here's the secret. It's aligning our mindset to his mindset. It's aligning our hopes to be about his kingdom, not our kingdom. You say, Jordan, I believe what you're saying, but how does hope so get assurance? How do you find assurance that something is actually going to happen? Well, let me tell you a secret here. This happens when there's a promise. And I wanna tell you that there is a promise over your life, that Jesus says, I have come to give you life and to give it to the full, that God goes before you and that he will be with you, that God is, uh, he'll never forsake you nor abandon you, that he will fight for you. The only thing that you have to do is stand still in the midst of that storm. He gives strength to the weak and that he so loved you that he gave his one and only son that you might have eternal life with him. Church, there's a promise over your life. That is how we have assurance. That's how we have the confidence that something will be so because there is a promise of, over our life. So our definition this morning of faith is this. Faith is the confidence God is and will do what he promised. My definition this morning of faith is I'm gonna live as though he's already done it. Now hear me, I wrote that down and I thought, I, try, I always tried to kinda of like poke holes in my message just to see if it holds up and, and the Holy Spirit came to me and he's like, no, Jordan, you, you, you gotta share this part. Faith is living as though God has already done it. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel to you this morning. This is where you and I get caught up in a lot of wrong thinking. Faith is living though as God has already done it. Here's the catch. It's according to his kingdom. It's according to his purpose. It's according to his will. Faith isn't this rope that we, uh, believe me, I wanna be like, I wanna be living in Montana, be a cowboy, believe me, that's all my mind is about right now. But you, like, Faith isn't this lasso that we throw around God and if we, we have enough faith, we get to do things that he wasn't planning to do. A lot of us have heard that because believe, believe me, we have heard the prayers. You, you have believed and believed and you've prayed and you prayed and the pastor came over and prayed over your situation. Everybody prayed, everybody had this extraordinary faith and you heard these powerful prayers. And God still didn't answer your prayer. And you think, I didn't have enough faith. I wanna tell you that God is sovereign, which means 
God is the ultimate source of all power, all authority, and everything that exists. Too often we become discouraged because God didn't ask our prayers because we didn't have enough faith. We didn't see the healing. We didn't get the miracle that we wanted to. And we, we say, oh, I didn't have enough faith. But here it is. Sometimes we catch glimpses of God's plan and his ultimate desire. But until we get to that side of heaven, we have to have faith here in the now, aligning to his kingdom, to his purpose, and to his will. Here's what it says. It says in verse two, it says, this faith, this kind of faith, now that what we've talked about, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the world was formed at God's command. I think I know the answer to this question, but how many were around when uh, creation was uh, brought to? Anybody? Anybody was there? Nope. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I, 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 I stand with what I was thinking. We only know it by faith. So what was, so that what is seen was not made of, out of what was visible. Again, the writer here, he's writing to a group of believers that want to go back to their own ways. They're being persecuted. They're like, ah, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing. I think it was much easier going by all the 600 and some laws. The writer says, you're not backing down. You're gonna persevere. And the fuel for your future, the fuel for your future church this morning is to live by this now faith. And you might say, Jordan, why is God after my, my faith? Why, why, why does he want us to have faith? Well, look at what it says in, in verse six. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who believes in him, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God is about a relationship with us. And it's important for you and I to know if we are to hit the starting, uh, the reset button, have a starting point in our faith right now, is that our faith brings pleasure to God. And without this faith, faith that says, God, I'm living though as you've already done it, it's impossible to please him. Some of us need a new right thinking with our faith. Some of us need a starting point this morning because when we activate our faith this way, we are showing that we are relying on God and not ourselves. Anybody feel me on that? We, when we align our faith to his ways, I get to move out of the way and say, God, do whatever you want. And the author goes on this long list of what we call heroes of the faith. And I'd encourage you, he take time over this week and work through Hebrews chapter 11, verse six and on. Look at those pillars of the faith. He says, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith Abraham, by faith Rahab. In fact, he uses by faith over 19 times and he's trying to communicate to us this morning that this is the lifestyle of faith. He says that each and every one of these individuals were given a promise and they lived their life as though God existed and that he would keep his promise. We all have some sort of faith, faith since when we were young. And maybe there's a gap between what you've heard when you uh, 
when you were young to what you're seeing now as an adult, but can I ask you, is your faith living as though God has already done it? You might say, well, Jordan, it's not. How can I align myself with his ways? If you're taking notes this morning, number one, it's this, faith comes by hearing. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we live by faith and not by sight. John 20 says, blessed are those who have faith but haven't seen. See, there's just a couple of verses there, but there's this pattern in scripture that faith and sight cannot coexist. That what you see and what you're called to believe are two completely different things. Why? Because our natural eye has seen too much. If our faith was founded on what we've seen, it would be just watered down to a very low level because we have seen some prayers go unanswered. We have seen the diagnosis end in death. We've seen the marriage fail. We've seen the business go bankrupt. Because we've seen too much, church, we end up believing for too little. And if we were to live by faith, by sight, So if we wanna be people that live by faith, we have to have the capacity to believe beyond what our natural eye sees. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes when we shut our eyes and we open up our ears. It's this book right here, that it is the source of faith, that this book perhaps builds our faith unlike anything else in this world. These aren't some ancient stories wrapped in, in leather. That this is the word of God, that it is alive, that it is active. It calls itself a sword. It can cut away the lies and tell you the truth. It can provide clarity for confusion. It can give you direction for your life. Psalms 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I think that's the reason why so many of us, including me, live faithless lives is because we are biblically illiterate. Faith comes by hearing. Church, we can tune our ears to the word of God. We begin to live our lives by faith and not just by sight because we hear a greater truth. I can see the diagnosis and that it, that it might end in death, but I hear Second Peter saying that I, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. I can see the divorce papers on the desk, but I know out of Mark chapter 10, what God has brought together, let no man tear apart. We don't know this when we don't open this. I'm not moved by what I see because I hear something greater. We open up this book, we read the promises over our lives. That is how we live as though God has already done it. Number two, faith comes by remembering, looking back at what God has done in our lives. I don't know what this looks like for you other than reflecting. Spending time with Jesus. What does this look like as a 25 year old? I have no idea, but what I do know is that you have to carve out time out of your day and sit at the feet of Jesus. 
I don't know how God has proved faithful to you. I don't know all of your story, but what I do know is that you have to come before him. Because look, back, look what it says back in verse two. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that, that the universe was formed at God's command so, what, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, before we consider the stories of, the, of all the heroes of the faith, the writers to tell us, you know, by faith Enoch, by faith Abel, by faith Abraham, before we go to those stories, he can, encourages us to look back to the beginning of how the creation was formed. Look back at what God has done so that we can believe him for what he is planning to do. To consider the past so that we can have faith for the present. Write this down. Sometimes you have to look back in order to move forward. Sometimes you have to look back at God's faithfulness so that you can move forward into what he has for you. And there is something about taking a moment and reflecting and remembering. Remembering what God has done for you. Remembering the, the mountains. Because some of us, all, we like to focus on the mountains that God has moved over time. But I'm telling you, there are little, I don't, I don't want to say little. There are miracles in your life that are just as big. But we need to remember them and how God has proved faithful. Perhaps this morning, you need to look back to the previous pages of your story and see what God has already done so that you can build your faith for what he is about to do in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? Prayer team is gonna be up front. We're gonna have a couple more songs as our artists bring, bring some singing to us. I'm not gonna lie, I don't, I'm not sure how you respond to this message. I guess my, my heart is that you spend time reflecting. You take a moment, even right now, and you say, Jesus, bring back the ways in which you've moved in my life. Bring back to my mind the ways in which that I can only say it was you. That's my desire. Our prayer team's gonna be up front to pray with you, not just specific to this message, but I know a lot of us are, are faced in the storm right now, and if you need somebody to partner with you and pray over you, please come. And if you just want to spend time at the feet of Jesus just reflecting, I know we don't do this often. But there's something different about coming up front and kneeling before God. It's, again, it's not a formula. But you're removing distractions around you and you come up front and sit at the feet of Jesus. Can I encourage you? Take a step this morning. Because I believe we need to be a community like never before that lives by faith. All things God has promised to us in scripture, all these things that he's spoken to our hearts over, they are laid hold. They are laid hold by faith. I do know God is calling you to elevate your faith, to trust him in ways that you've never trusted him before. My prayer is that each of us come to this position 
in our relationship with Jesus, that no matter where you are at on your journey, whether you're coming to Jesus maybe for the first time, whether you've been just hanging around him for the past 20 years, that your foundation, that your foundation is built upon him, that I'm going to live, God, as though you've already done it. Not by my will, my timing, my expectation, but Lord, yours. And what you'll find when you get to that point is there's no more striving. There's no more questioning. Did I have enough faith? Is that why God didn't answer my prayer? We build our lives on a firm, firm foundation. Bow your heads with me. Lord, just thank you for this. <laughs> thank you for these words. And promises and truth, God, you've spoken over all of us that we are all child of, of yours and children of yours and there's not one of us that is set higher than any other ones. God, you have laid a promise for all of us no matter what our background is, no matter what our story has looked like to this point. God, I pray over this community that they would come to the feet of you, reflecting on the ways in which, God, you have moved, not just the mountaintops, but God, remember back how faithful and how trustworthy you are, that we would be people on the corner of Fifth and Madison that would live as though you've already done it. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.